Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Bernard Jackman, uh, Ruby Ambassador for Cassidy Travel. The World Cup is over. Um, we're here to reflect uh, on what I feel was a, was a brilliant World Cup. Um, amazing final. Um, unbelievable contest. And, yeah, we're just going to look back on the final, uh, Ireland uh, and the World Cup in general. I'm joined by Jamie from, from Cassidy Travel. Jamie, you're over the final. How did you find it? I was tense. Um, yeah. Probably less tense with Ireland not being there, more disappointed, but a great final all the same. Yeah, um, I think was a red card uh, for New Zealand happened uh, to Sam Kane. I think there was obviously a fear that the game would get away from uh, New Zealand, but South Africa for everything brilliant that they do, um, they're not the type of team who go and rack up 20, 30 points. They're, um, they're a team that are incredibly hard to beat. They know how to win dogfights and to have won a World Cup, a back-to-back World Cup, and having won three games in a row by a point, I think shows you that they kind of, their strength is they can win tight games, but their weakness is maybe they can't pull away from teams that they're they're better than and I don't think they were massively better than New Zealand but obviously that numerical advantage and they weren't massively better than France uh, is the England game probably where they got into a battle that they probably didn't need to get into um, but just looking this morning at the the scenes in Cape Town with the team arriving back and the effect that will have on on a country a uh, country obviously with a huge amount of issues huge amount of poverty um, huge amount of divide and I think this team is reflective of 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 the real South Africa um, and in some ways maybe they're playing for a cause bigger than themselves um, in terms of the the atmosphere there obviously you were over a lot of games how was it for the final obviously was it damaged by France not being there or Ireland not being there it was a bit more muted like you could definitely yeah. tell even prior to the games like we'd be there quite early and you'd nearly be at the stadium from about 4pm onwards yeah. and when the Irish were there the French were there there was a party atmosphere 80% of those attending were already there. Yeah. And then for the semi-finals and the final, it dropped off drastically as well, you know. So you were looking at people arriving maybe two hours or so before and quite muted. Yeah. And um, what was your feeling in terms of the crowd? Was in terms of, was there more South African? A lot of the rumours or the feelings the French were shouting for New Zealand, were they? They seemed to. I think yeah. it was more just kind of bitterness So we're yeah. being beaten. Um, in what was for me the game of the tournament yeah. anyway, the quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was certainly a lot of South Africans there. I know there's a lot living in Europe, but uh, you could definitely see that New Zealand were, were expected to win. Yeah, throughout the game. Yeah, they were, and um, I think it's testament to this New Zealand team the way they bounced back from where they were a year ago. Um, obviously, losing a test series at home to Ireland, losing a home um, test against Argentina for the first time ever, and they made some changes to coaching staff. Joe Schmidt, obviously high profile coming in there, um, but it was mainly the same bunch of players. And they fairness, they went to this World Cup, lost the first game to France uh, on the opening night, and then because of the nature of their group, they were able to go about their business in a in a kind of quiet way, build up some big scores against like Uruguay, Namibia, and um, uh, Namibia and, and Italy, and then bang. Ireland, uh, an unbelievable game as well, obviously, uh, where they had to defend for four minutes at the end, 38 phases, but managed to do so uh, and probably deserved to win on the, uh, on the balance of play. And then obviously an easy semi final. And it looked like that they were going to have too many strings to their bow to, to beat South Africa. But I think the weather conditions suit South Africa. The rain made it more difficult for the All Blacks to attack. Um, also the, 
the way South Africa defend, I mean, when you think about it, they hadn't got one handling error in New Zealand against Ireland, so no scrum for Ireland. Um, but at the weekend, we saw lots of knock-ons, some of them in the tackle, some of them pre-tackle, with just that ferocity, line speed, physicality that South Africa bring. And uh, this is a World Cup built on defence, I think, from, you know, a World Cup win built on defence from South Africa. And their ability to just put their bodies on the line over and over again, um, the impact off the bench, fellas like Quagga Smith coming on, obviously the against England it was Oxniche who got the the uh the plaudits for turning around that scrum performance, but I thought Quagga Smith was was phenomenal. He had ten turnovers in the tournament, mainly off the bench. Um Peter Steph the the toy uh was ridiculous. Uh, twenty eight tackles, man the match. And again it's just funny the way things go. Like normally the the player of the game is the the player who gets to try kicks the goals but this was literally just a, a, a man the match award for someone who went out there and just battered everything in sight and Jack Nienabar after the game spoke about you know if there's a white paper bag a white plastic bag on the pitch in the wind he would chase it down and he he, um, he, he hit Two massive hits on Jordy Barrett, the the big uh, all back centre, and I just think he testif- he 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 typifies what South Africa are like. They just refuse to to lie down. Um, in terms of the World Cup in general, what's your opinion on it? Um, well, it was great to have one near near to home, I suppose, and it's going to be a long time before it's back around in Europe. Yeah. In the sound of things. Um, Enjoyed it immensely. I went nearly coast to coast, uh, starting with Ireland and Romania all the way up to the final. And uh, I suppose missed opportunities, but at the end of the day, the Southern Hemisphere class showed, I think. Yeah, and for me, um, I, I, I normally am sentimental about, about tournaments, about games, but uh, I think that the Irish fans and you would have been involved in bringing over a huge amount of them. They added something special to this World Cup, and and particularly in the same weekend when France went out as well, the World Cup did lose a little bit of that special um, atmosphere around the games that the Irish fans in in a, in a huge way did, and it was kind of like different groups. So the starting group were the people who went to Bordeaux and and was a, a not not, uh, and then new people came in for for South Africa and and Scotland and. And then even more new people came in for the quarter final, and it was just this energy and this this vibe. Whether it was in the city beforehand or afterwards, and then out around the stadiums, you say because of media, I was out there quite early all the time, and there was huge crowds of of Irish fans around. Whereas for other games that didn't involve Ireland, even games that involved in France, uh, it wasn't anywhere near the same. It was kind of just they came late, they came in, they watched the match, and they were gone. So um, I think the Irish. Rugby public and, and public can be incredibly proud of the mark they left on the World Cup and and how they're being seen by the French fans and the French pub owners and the Uber drivers and etc. Who um, who missed us when we left? You know, misses when we left. And uh, I actually think maybe we'd have a home World Cup quicker than you think. There's a strong rumor that uh, USA Canada which is two World Cups away. So the next World Cup in 2027 is Australia. The World Cup after that, 2031 is down to be USA and Canada, but there's a strong sense that they won't actually be able to host us and it will come back up for grabs. Um, and I would love to think that the RFU would, in conjunction maybe with the WRU and Scotland, um, would 
would go for that, uh, and maybe England as well. But to have some sense of 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 the the Rugby World Cup back on home soil, which would be the first time since was it ninety one? Um, a few pool games in ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine so. as well. I was right. Okay, so um, you know to have Ireland maybe playing in Crow Park or to have games in Crow Park in a in a home World Cup, I think would be will be special until we're in a position where we can host ourselves. You know what I mean? Um, uh, what's your memory of the of the World Cup in general? What's your best moment? Uh, good question. Like uh, like even from, from the early days in Bordeaux and then not to mention Nantes, I think Nantes was when people started to realise there was something potentially special there, like the even zombie at full time and various things like that. I know a few of us had to do a double take of just how it was a nearly an 80-20 Irish swing. Now a few French in the stadium, a few Tongans as well. And then that obviously carried on into into every game after that with us being based in Paris. But I suppose it would probably be full-time against South Africa yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was just, and I know speaking to the some of the players during the World Cup and after it, they were blown away by that. They were blown away by how many Irish people had got their hands on tickets, um, the atmosphere, and also the game was unbelievably dramatic. I mean... You know, Jack Crowley kicks that penalty with with four minutes, three minutes to go, and you think, right, we're home and hosed here. Even though it'd been a phenomenal game, and next thing, they're on our line, driving a line of drive over, and we managed to hold them up, and um, it was just phenomenal. And and the dream is still alive at that stage as well. And, and beating South Africa, obviously, that was a pretty good form guide. You know, we've we've seen them go on and win it. Um, so for me, that was that was special. I actually enjoyed some of the tier two countries. I thought. Um, the Wales Fiji game was a was a phenomenal game. Uh, I thought Portugal beating Fiji in the last pool game was brilliant because it's been a tough World Cup for tier two countries, um, and you know that would give rugby in Portugal such a boost. It was the end of an era for for some of their legacy players like a Mike, Mike Tadger, the hooker, and and Samuel Marquez, and they get to finish their careers on with a win in a World Cup, leading their country to a win in a World Cup, and. Um, I thought that was special. Obviously, Fiji still qualified, so you know there was progress there, um, and you know put it up to England in their quarter final. But obviously, without that stage, probably from a disappointing point of view, was there's still a big gap between the likes of Romania and Namibia, um, in particular, and ironically, in this World Cup, Italy as well got cut, cut astray, um, and. That wasn't good for the game to see Italy take ninety six points against against New Zealand um, and get hammered by France as well. Um, from a so that's a big, I suppose, project for World Rugby to try and by Australia make sure that those tier two countries are better equipped to be competitive um, and. They're expanding the competition in, in, in Australia. It's going to be another group. Uh, there's going to be another round of games, the last 16 games um, before quarterfinal. So they are tinkering with the World Cup format. They're going to make it shorter. Um, uh, this this competition was 50-odd days, was it? And uh, that's, uh, even for likes of you and me, uh, who are fanatic about it, that's, that's a long time um, to be in a tournament. So... It's a fine balance between getting that level of rest and recovery right because the game is so physical now and also, you know, not making the competition go on too long. So World Rugby have a lot of um a lot of things to to consider. I think from a positive point of view, I think it the laws still allow you to play good rugby, you know. Um and we had you know some amazing games. Um, the France and Africa match was was a perfect balance between of being a contest, but also free flowing and high scoring. Um, the Ireland New Zealand game was a was a fast, furious game, um, and 
you know, there's some other games. I think the uh, the Fiji Wales game was uh, was pretty spectacular as well. So you can still play good rugby, uh, but also you see teams like South Africa, teams like England, who have a very defensive, pragmatic mindset. They, you know, that works too. You know, that works too. And and then New Zealand, who had a, the best attack in the competition, um, you know, got to a final and nearly won it. So um, I, I like that balance. I like the fact that coaches and teams can set up around their strengths and be more than competitive and not everyone's playing the, the same style. And I think that's that's fascinating. And I know there's a lot of New Zealanders and a lot of Aussies and stuff given out about how South Africa won defence, won a World Cup between a set-piece defence and a kicking game. But for me, it's actually not a problem. Um, you got, just got to play to your strengths. And that'll always be a big part of South African rugby. And I remember Jake White, the World Cup winner 2007, um, said to me uh, a few years ago, he said, South Africa will be the only team in the world who can win a World Cup through defence because of the what the makeup of their team so basically there's four kind of different groups to feed into the spring box one is the Afrikaans boys and they're big physical strong uh, men and, and traditionally their parents have been particularly the dads are quite tough on them as kids so they hunt they, they play rugby they play rugby in a certain way physical way and then you have the the English or the European kids in South Africa and they're always being told they're soft so when they play rugby, they're they're trying to prove they're not soft. And then you have the the coloured and the blacks who, um, who often you know are trying to change their lives through rugby. So they have to be tough as well. So you know, see a Khaleesi is a phenomenal leader. Um, he, he could be president of South Africa one day, but you know, he he grew up in a township and he's very been very open about you know his mum had him when he was fifteen. He often didn't have enough food. His grandmother used to go visit other neighbours in the township and she'd try, she'd be offered cake or, or bread and she wouldn't eat it herself. She'd bring it home to feed him. And it was only when he got a scholarship to a, a boarding school that he actually started to to be, um, have proper nutrition, you know, and rugby has changed his life. He's, you know, and that's a, it's a very unique set of circumstances, which I think ties into the, Effort and the, the desire and uh, that we've seen from them over the course of this tournament. Um, in terms of the the player of the of the tournament, who was your player of the tournament? Well, I suppose from a selfish point of view, it was definitely Bundyaki from mm. what I could see. Um, from a guy who was kind of singled out by from Connacht last year and the year before as well. <laughs> I wasn't expecting what I saw, and it was really, really great to see. And I'm glad that he's kind of gotten his flowers by being in the final four or final five as such of World Player of the Year. Uh, but apart from that, then you have to look at the Will Jordans, um, Ardi Savea, uh, Khaleesi as well yeah. being there. That, that there's actually too many to name. But yeah. no, I don't feel anyone really set themselves apart from the rest. All the same. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, it's been a rich World Cup in terms of individuals showing um, their ability. I think Bundy, Bundy, if Ireland had got to the final, he probably would have been World Player of the Year. Um, officially, Artie Sevilla got the World Rugby one. Um, and I think he he was outstanding. Uh, Will Jordan obviously equaled the record of Brian Habana and Joan Loma with eight tries. And, um, you know, he, he he was one try away from being the sole, the sole owner of that, of that record. Um, you know, you've guys like George Ford who obviously had that game against Argentina where he just took responsibility and Owen Farrell's absent Ben Earl uh, Finn Russell had some great moments um, you know for 
France, Damien Penno. Uh, there was lots of really good team and individual performances. And um, I, I think that's going to be the lasting legacy of this World Cup. I think you're going to see the TV figures across the world were phenomenal, um, especially in France. I think they got 17 million viewers for their game against um, South Africa. And just to put that in context, that's 70% more than they would get for a Six Nations game. So you're going to have all these eyeballs, um, families, young kids, you know, watching in their sitting room, watching in bars, watching in restaurants, a game that maybe they're not familiar with. You know, and that's the that's the reality of it. But, you know, seeing it on their big screen, seeing their countries represent them with pride, seeing the, the global scale that you can perform at, I think will encourage the next generation to, to, to continue to play or to take up the game. And uh, I think from a positive point of view, this World Cup has done that. I think also from a player safety point of view, okay, we had a red card to Sam Kane in the final for head contact. We had Antoine Dupont, um, red card where he received a, a, a blow to the face. Um, we had a couple of yellow cards that maybe should have been red, Roman Taufania, etc. But in general, when you think of all the matches we've watched, um, I think this has been the most marked improvement in player technique and player safety. And like the South Africa Ireland game was incredibly physical, yet we didn't see any high shot. You know what I mean? So that's a big positive because that hasn't been the case. Um that hasn't been the case up to now. So um if that can continue, then I think we're in a good place because obviously we got to make sure we look after our players' health, uh, but also particularly their brain health because that's not as obvious as a dislocated shoulder or a broken arm. So um, I think that's a that's a real positive. And you know, the next World Cup in Australia hopefully will be uh, as good. Um, it's going to be a long way for us and the Cassidy Travels um, clients to travel but I'm sure you guys will put together some uh, some good packages and, and we end up staying over there for longer rather than going in for the weekend and uh, uh, weekend trips which we were uh, for, for the majority of us um, in terms of for you um, what what will you remember this World Cup by? I suppose it's just like what what could have been. I know yeah. I kind of keep going back to that, but it was very much what you're saying, something that will inspire people to get playing, even the final phase against New Zealand. What's running through my head now is what could we have done differently? Yeah. What play could we have pulled out of the book? And hopefully there's people much younger than I that are thinking the same and are going to put that plan into action. Um, but yeah, no, just uh, incredible experience. My first World Cup anyway, and hopefully not my last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 do you know what? If that's your first one, You've probably been at the second best World Cup. Um, I think speaking to Don Lennon last night on RT and against the head, he's been to them all. Um, he played in the first one, I think, but he uh, he said that for him, um, the best World Cup was '95 when South Africa beat New Zealand and the Nelson Mandela jersey, and South Africa had just come back, f- been allowed back playing World Cups because of apartheid. So um, for him, that's the best. And then the second best was was the one we just had in in, in France. And um, you know, going back to Ireland again, I think look, it's natural we do. Um, uh, I know we're all absolutely good and disappointed. Um, and Ireland actually, would you believe? Would you believe that's probably the worst performance they've had in the last six or seven months? Uh, you know, against a team who who certainly could have been world champions. And yes, at the end, you know, we're one missed tackle, we're one offload away from getting in under the post and, and winning that game and um, I think well obviously it's disappointing to bow out for me anyway and for 
the players I spoke to were involved in it, it's actually only lit the fire in a bigger way to go back in four years' time and 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 finish the job. Um, and I know we're talking about a lot of the World Cups where we haven't got past the quarter final, but this one was different. This one we went into it in form. Um, we lost to a team on the day, but you know, a bounce of the ball left or right. And, and we win the game and if we had a beat New Zealand there's no question we would have got to a final and we would have went toe to toe with South Africa as well so this team were very very close um, and now the challenge is minus Sexton minus Keith Earls um, probably minus Conor Murray and Peter Mahoney by the time next World Cup comes around for new leaders to emerge for new stars to emerge I mean we didn't know Mac Hansen four years ago. You know, we knew very little about Hugo Keenan. Um, we didn't think James Lowe was going to be the player he is. So there's there's players out there who play for Leinster, Munster, Ulster, Connacht, and the URC this weekend. There's players who are still in school, maybe in sixth year, who could come into the reckoning for this next World Cup. And that's exciting. That's exciting for, for everybody to, to see that. We're lucky Andy Farrell has signed on for another two years, so we've got some stability there. Um, and I think that Irish rugby is in an incredibly healthy place. Um, and we've just got to keep fighting. We've got to just uh, not give up, just keep going. Uh, and all the players involved, the coaches involved, um, they they will. So, um Look, it's been an absolute pleasure being involved with Cassie Travel for uh, for this World Cup as a, as rugby ambassador. Um, we wished it would have been reviewing this this morning with a with a trophy or presentation in O'Connell Street somewhere later on. But um, you don't always get what you want or what you deserve in sport, and that's what makes it fascinating. You have to go into every game with the jeopardy of this could be your your exit or it could be your uh, your chance to shine. And I think. This Irish team over the last two years in particular um, has given us a lot of good moments. We lick our wounds for the next month or two. But, you know, the, come January, Six Nations will start to come into our, our eye line and uh, um, there's going to be some great games there. There's going to be some great travel. There's going to be some great crack. There's going to be great weekends around rugby. And then next summer, we've got a tour to South Africa to go play the World Champions twice. And next November, so I think we might have a test against the All Blacks. So, the world goes on. Um, the rugby world goes on. Um, we'll lick our wounds for a little while longer and uh, we'll, we'll rise again. And four years' time, we'll go to Australia, hopefully with a, a cracking chance of winning it and, and, and hopefully do something special. So um, thanks, everyone, for who listened to me during this competition. Jamie, thanks for joining me today and thanks for looking after everybody um, over the last five or six weeks on, on the trips. Um, I know you've been very busy and uh, I look forward to um, doing a rugby event with you uh, again very soon. Absolutely, Bernard. Thanks again. Awesome.